When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine... New York attitude. Good fucking wine. Yeah. And APB, American Protection Bureau, voted number one best on Long Island for all your security needs. Call 631-390-9050. That's 631-390-9050. APB. Folks, it's your buddy Mike Messier. I'm here with AEW Apologist number 23. And this is a video series where I just kind of uh, uh, talk about AEW, All Elite Wrestling, and the other things going on in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, I will be talking about some WWE stuff, but I'll start with the AEW. Uh, so, uh, interesting new debut, Buddy Matthews, uh, formerly known as uh, Buddy Murphy over in the WWE. Uh, made his appearance in a very, uh, I thought, pretty pretty well-executed segment uh, with the House of Black, Aleister Black, uh, Brody King. A lot of people are high on Brody King as well. I'm not too familiar with Brody King, just in, in full disclosure, but from what I've seen, he's a big, big guy who can move. And uh, this trio, uh, this uh, three-man group right now, as it stands, uh, Aleister Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King, this is what I would be kind of emotionally invested in as a main event uh, heel uh, contingency uh, kind of as opposed to you know six months ago when it was Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks I think for my money or for my interest as a fan 
uh, Alistair Black, Buddy Matthews, uh, Brody King, if they add members in the future, uh, maybe they could add a female to their group. I think, uh, who's that uh, demon chick? Uh, the Abandoned uh, from, you know, a couple of months ago. She came on Dynamite a few times. Uh, she might be interesting for the House of Black. Um, but basically, I think that's a main event level uh, bad guy, you know, heel faction. So I'm, I'm pretty happy uh, as far as that goes. Uh, so I made a bunch of notes for this uh, week's report, folks, just so you know, I'm going to go through everything, but I've got a ton of notes here. So I'm going to scratch that one off the list. I just figured I'd start with something a little bit different. Now, uh, the Cody Rhodes, is he or isn't he going to WWE? Is he going to reappear? Uh, a few guys in the Facebook wrestling groups were thinking that perhaps uh, Brian Cage apparently has been re-signed by AEW, despite the fact that his wife seems to tweet a lot of her displeasure about Brian Cage's uh, lack of push in AEW. Uh, my counterpoint to her or to any Brian Cage fan would be, uh, this is a guy who lost to Tessa Blanchard uh, in, in Impact Wrestling a few years ago. So I don't see where he or his wife uh, you know, would have the standing to complain about how he's used. If he's going to lie down for Tessa Blanchard as far as a match, uh, come on. So anyway, um, but people are thinking maybe Cody Rhodes will come back in some type of swerve to AEW and he'll have Brian Cage as his heater or as his henchman. That doesn't particularly do much for me. I'm kind of standing by what I said, I think, last week, which is if this turns out to be uh, fraudulent, if this turns out to be a work, and then Cody Rhodes is just coming back to AEW in some type of way uh, without much, of a, you know, explanation or whatever, I I feel that uh, some fans like myself will be kind of upset. Uh, will we see the humor in it? Perhaps. But I, I do feel like that would be, probably be a bad move, uh, much like my hair is making some bad moves today. Uh, let's see what else. I, I did want to say this. Uh, I forgot to make this point last week um, about Cody leaving. Uh, you know, I think one thing people are kind of harping on is the money. But I think also another factor uh, that we should think about is the creative control and uh, what I like to call pride of authorship. I don't know if any of you have ever written anything or created a short film or a feature film or if any of you are a painter uh, or any type of uh, creator. There's a certain thing I like to call, you know, it's not my term, but pride of authorship where you created this thing and you're happy with how it came out and you want to put your name on it and you want to promote it. What might have happened, uh, whether Cody goes back to AEW or not, uh, what could happen to kind of, uh, you know, stretch these guys a little bit as far as their relationship, mainly Tony Khan and, and Cody Rhodes. Uh, some people think that Cody Rhodes, because he, he responded to that tweet to Dave Meltzer years ago about uh, can an indie fed or can Ring of Honor get 10,000 people into a, an arena or something, and Cody Rhodes kind of picked up the gauntlet and said, give me the young bucks in a year to prepare and I'll do it or whatever. Um, basically, I think Cody always kind of saw this AEW thing as his, uh, meaning Cody's. And when, but the reality is, uh, and talk to any film producer who's dealt with an outside uh, producer, you know, any film director or writer who's dealt with an outside producer who funds the money. The person that funds the money t typically has more say than the artist, you know, the money guy, and some people have even called Tony Khan a money mark, but that guy is usually the guy that has the final say because it's his money, you know? So in this case, you could say, well, it's not even Tony Khan's money, it's his father's money. doesn't matter. If Tony's the one writing the checks, 
then he has the final say. And maybe Cody didn't like that, or Cody didn't realize that that was going to happen. And, you know, in a, in a way, uh, you can see some parallels between Cody and his father, Dusty Rhodes, who, uh, you know, apparently had kind of a love, uh, mostly a love relationship with Jim Crockett Jr., but at times uh, they probably saw things differently. And eventually, when the sale of Ted Turner happened back in 1988-89, Dusty went over to the WWF and put on his polka dots, okay? So hopefully Cody will be spared that fate. We won't see Cody and Brandy Rhodes dancing around in polka dots, but who knows? Uh, next, the big announcement Tony Khan has been making, or he's predicting to make on Wednesday. I'll actually be there at the uh, Jacksonville Dailies place for that AEW taping on Wednesday coming up. So by the time you see this, it, it'll probably be about to happen or it just happened whenever you see this video. AEW Apologist uh, video uh, number 23 for Monty and the Pharaoh. Uh, what can this possible announcement be? I'm going to predict it's a super show with, uh, you know, elements of New Japan wrestling, maybe Impact Wrestling and NWA. I could see, I have a feeling it's just going to be a big wrestling super show. Uh, will it still be in the uh, family of the four pay-per-views from AEW every week? Or will it be a different show? I, I think it might be different. I don't know if it'll just be straight out on pay-per-view or if it'll maybe even TBS or TNT will agree to hold it. But I think we're looking at like a four to five hour, you know, mega show, so to speak. That's my prediction. I could be wrong. Uh, he did say it's not going to be just one talent. It's going to shake the wrestling world foundation. You know, we always heard that stuff from Dixie Carter. Who knows? Maybe Tony Khan's hiring Dixie Carter. Uh, let's see. Um, speaking of which, EC3, I guess, and um, Adam Shear are doing that show. Uh, in uh, Florida coming up pretty soon that uh, control your narrative. So good luck to those guys. And the Crockett Cup from the NWA is coming up. Uh, interestingly enough, just so you know, I'm not getting any uh, kickback from this, but apparently the NWA uh, wrestling group uh, has a deal where you can pay $49.99 to get uh, a subscription for all their pay-per-views and their backlog of shows, uh, of pay-per-views and weekly shows. That's kind of a good deal. I'm thinking about doing that myself. Uh, I would like to see the Crockett Cup uh, 2022. It's coming up in a few weeks, and I think it's nice that they've kind of revisited uh, that era of Jim Crockett promotions with the current uh, NWA owned by uh, Billy Corgan. Uh, let's see what else. So um, more things on AEW before we get into WWE. Uh, the Bunny-Jade match got some attention. Apparently, it was actually a picture-in-picture -picture thing. Uh, Bunny had dinner kind of like, you know, flying elbow to the corner on Jade Cargill for the TNT title. Uh, Jade kind of rolled over and was down, and then B Bunny covered her for a pin, and it's like a one, two, three, you know, Audrey Eppard's kind of holds her count, and, you know, Jade finally, you know, raises a shoulder, but it did seem very botchy, you know, so maybe I'll call that the botch of the week. Um, you know, Jade just failing. I think she was trying to do the thing where um, you kick out at the very last second, and it just was timed poorly. Uh, actually, I didn't even recognize it in the first broadcast because it was picture-in-picture, uh, -picture, but other people online, of course, put it up there uh, as an example of an AEW botch. Okay, it's a botch. You know, um, I find it interesting that they push, you know, Jade Cardhill, a rookie champion, so to speak. I'm wondering if that's going to have a tie-in to the Serena Deeb storyline, which I've been enjoying See, I'm crossing out these things as I go through this. Uh, Serena Deeb with her rookie challenge. 
Um, I think it could really be a nice showdown if eventually it comes down to Serena Deeb, the professor, against uh, Jade Cargill, who I don't know if technically she's still a rookie. Um, that would be very interesting, I think. Uh, let's see what else. I did have a note here, the acclaimed. Uh, the tag team, the rapping tag team, Max Caster and uh, Anthony Bowens. I'm telling you, these guys are really... Uh, they're just one match or one angle away from a big time uh, babyface run. Uh, I think they have a big following. People enjoy their raps. Uh, as far as wrestlers go, they're actually pretty good. I mean, they're not the best, but they're pretty damn good wrestlers. And um, at AEW in the Daily's place, they've actually kind of been babyfaces uh, during the dark matches or the you know the uh, the pre-show matches. And then when the cameras roll for Dynamite, they suddenly turn heel. So I'm telling you, I expect to see that the uh, Acclaimed is going to have a big baby face run this year. Hopefully. There's like a backlog of tag teams in AEW. Private Party. Uh, you can even say the Hollywood, uh, the Varsity Blondes, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. and Giff Garrison. A lot of tag teams are just kind of backlogged and are looking for something to do. And uh, here's another point I can bring up, which is... And we've been talking about this, the Monty and the Pharaoh YouTube channel. I've talked about it on the Monty and the Pharaoh show. I mean, if you keep stacking a roster, whether it's WCW, uh, WWF in like the 2002 era, even, you know, like three or four years ago, WWE. Um, if you stack and stack and stack the roster, it's almost like a law of diminishing returns, or it is. Uh, and actually, it can counter fire, because I think a lot of things that wrestling fans bitch about or complain about is when their favorite wrestler is not being used properly properly, or being used well. And I think what can happen with wrestling fans is if their favorite, whether it's Cesaro uh, or Daniel Bryan or whoever, is not being used properly, uh, they feel, the fans feel, that the company doesn't know what they're doing and so forth. And I think in, in some cases, uh, it's just really comes down to personal preference. You know, if, if Vince McMahon or Triple H or Tony Khan uh, favors one wrestler or an over another, and they give that wrestler a title instead of this other guy or other woman, um, you know, the fans want to second guess that. And uh, we've seen that happen a lot in wrestling, you know. So uh, my point is all these talents, I mean, Switchblade, Jay White, a couple of weeks ago to AEW, uh, Keith Lee uh, coming into AEW. At some point, there may be too many guys. Uh, but when you look at a guy like Buddy Matthews uh, and possibly Cesaro next, uh, how can you not want to bring those guys in? And even Steven Regal, where people were talking about, or William Regal, should he come into AEW as a coach or some such thing? So very interesting. Um, you know, the, the so many stories this week. The promos this week were just excellent. Uh, I mean, I think I, I've written down, I uh, wanted to talk about, three or four promos here. Of course, you got to give uh, big time credit to MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Uh, really an interesting promo, uh, kind of a one of a kind promo uh, from my perspective. I've been watching wrestling a long time. I've never seen a heel kind of turn an angle uh, with a live crowd <laughs> getting voraciously booed uh, in Bridgeport, Connecticut, which is, you know, a tough town to be in, to be honest with you. Uh, kind of like a Philadelphia, you know, a tough wrestling town. But MJF comes in there, and he, uh, with just the microphone, 
puts this entire angle with CM Punk on its head, okay? He comes in there as the clear heel. People are wanting to see him get beat up with a dog collar and talking about his experience being bullied as a child, being the, the victim of anti-Semitism by his high school uh, schoolmates, and his, CM Punk was his hero, and how he could, he could live through the horrors of being uh, severely autistic and going to school, or severely ADD, going to school and getting picked on for his, uh, his uh, you know, ethnicity there, Judaism, uh, and uh, being picked on, and then, you know, he, he uh, finds, finds escapism through the wrestling of CM Punk until CM Punk retires in 2014, and, and that causes uh, Maxwell to kind of abandon his um, feelings of wanting to be a wrestler. He goes off to college like a good boy, and then one day he he has a revelation. He sees this uh, picture of CM Punk shaking hands with Brian Danielson, and uh, CM Punk realizes that life is short, and he has to follow his dream, and he's going to be a better wrestler than CM Punk ever was. And really, an awesome promo. The the fans by the end of the promo were applauding, uh, kind of like you would. And this once again credit because. He didn't do this in a backstage vignette where he could have taken a break or done a different cut if things started to get off key or whatever. He did this in one take in front of a live audience. And I want to give a Best Supporting Actor award to CM Punk. He comes out with a very uh, kind of determined face, intense face, CM Punk, that is. <clears throat> and without the microphone, he asked Maxwell, is this true? Is it true? And and uh, with a tear in his eye, uh, Friedman says yes. So it's so really great stuff because now it's kind of like, where is this feud going? Is Maxwell now the baby face? Is Punk the reluctant heel? Is that going to develop further at the pay-per-view? Will Punk have second thoughts about wrestling uh, MJF now? Uh, what's going to happen? Very interesting stuff. Really good. And then two seg two segments later... You had a pretty damn good promo. On, on any other show, this is the promo we'd be talking about. This Eddie Kingston, Chris Jericho promo was pretty damn good as well. And like I said, on any other show, we'd be talking about this for a week. Uh, but it was kind of overshadowed by the MJF thing. But Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho uh, doing a nice promo. Uh, not a nice promo, but a well-executed promo. Uh, getting ready for their big match at AEW Revolution, March 6th, Sunday. And uh, my feeling on this was I liked everything about this promo, everything about this feud, everything about this setup is great. The one thing I'm going to kind of criticize here is very similar to the CM Punk, uh, Eddie Kingston feud from last summer, which had a one-match blow-off. They had that pay-per-view match, and then it was done. And uh, I thought Eddie Kingston should have won that match with CM Punk. I thought the AEW had lightning in a bottle with Eddie Kingston for a while. For whatever reason, they didn't execute. And uh, I feel like we're not that different now, okay? I feel like, uh, I don't know. I think that Eddie Kingston, if he doesn't win this match with Jericho, then it just becomes, okay, this is the guy that can do a great promo, but he never wins a fucking match. Like Samoa Joe was in WWE around 2016 or 17. So anyway, I'm hoping that Kingston wins. Um, I did like their promo, and uh, another thing to check off the notes list, folks. By the way, I'll be having this notes list on eBay. You can look for it on eBay later. Uh, the Mike Messier notes list. Um, 
God. Uh, so we move forward, I guess, in the week um, to uh, Rampage Friday night. Um, another good contest, Samer Quivero over Andrade, Idolo. Uh, look, Andrade, Idolo is kind of one of those guys that's getting lost in the roster. Um, you know, he's getting lost in the sauce, so to speak. He's lost this match to Sammy. He lost a big match to Cody. I mean, they do feature him a bit better here at AEW, but kind of like with WWE, I don't know if it's because they don't feel like his promos are up to snuff. I mean, I give the guy credit. You know, English is not his first language. And he's he's speaking better English than I speak Spanish. So I'll give him credit for that. But uh, good wrestler. They're just not doing a whole lot with him. And it's no offense to Matt Hardy, but whoever you team up with Matt Hardy usually becomes a mid-card maniac. Uh, some interesting stories this week. Keith Lee apparently was on some type of podcast and saying that he felt that the, one of the reasons that um, he didn't really jive well with Vince McMahon or Vince McMahon didn't see the best in Keith Lee or what have you is uh, Keith Lee's promo style. And then he kind of speaks like a spoken word poet. And um, the spoken word poet voice is annoying. In case any of you have gone to spoken word poetry events, I can only stand about one a year at this point. I used to go all the time. But the spoken word poetry voice can really be annoying. And so Keith kind of has that. It's kind of like the spoken word poetry host. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense. Um, so I can see where Vince might be, you know. But then again, everyone in WWE sounds the same. So I like that in AEW, as we saw with Chris Jericho, Eddie Kingston, MJF, CM Punk, even Brian Danielson and uh, Dr. Britt Baker. I'll get to her in a second. As we see in AEW with the reins are free and not everyone's reading the same script from the same writing team, it just sounds a lot better than every WWE match, which is tonight in this ring, I'm going to prove to you I have what it takes. You know, it's just, if you listen to the WWE promos for the last 20 years, they sound very similar to each other. It's not fun. Uh, and they do a lot of promos. And yes, AEW did a lot of promos this week, uh, building up for this pay-per-view. Uh, a lot of big-time matches on this pay-per-view. It was interesting. We went through, like, you know, three or four months since their last pay-per-view. So they've had a lot of time to fill. And I think they, they've done a great job, really, of getting people excited. Uh, one more thing on AEW real quick. The Sean Spears, even he had a pretty good promo. I think what I like about AEW, folks, as far as this apologist thing, is AEW, I think, does a pretty good job of of putting people like right where they need to be. And there are some exceptions like an Andre might be an exception, but in Sean Spears case, for whatever reason, you know, there was a lot of hype about this guy, the perfect 10 Sean Spears five, six, seven years ago, never really lived up to, the, to that in, in WWE. He did in NXT, but not in the main roster. And he, uh, then he comes over to AEW and he hits Cody Rhodes with a chair. And then he's kind of a mid card, lower mid-card guy, losing a lot. He does have a hot-as-hell wife, though. Give him credit for that. But I thought Sean Spears in this promo on Rampage to Wardlow about the power bombs was pretty good. Uh, <clears throat> so I thought that was good. I need some more water. Uh, another thing, this QT Marshall thing with Hook. Uh, QT Marshall, another guy, you know, I, I remember complaining when he lost to the big show at that pay-per-view, I thought I thought QT Marshall could be a top heel guy. You know, I think didn't he have a victory over Cody Rhodes at one point? 
and I thought QT Marshall was was doing pretty good as a heel, but for whatever reason, they just kind of put him in these comedy spots. Uh, I don't know if QT is a, a reference to Quentin Tarantino, by the way. So this week on Rampage, they had Hook come out. Uh, you know, Hook and, and Taz is doing commentary, and you know, you, you, if you saw it, you saw it. Basically, Hook beats up a bunch of bums. Now, this is a little comparison I wanted to make, folks. Okay, you ready? When I'm looking at Hook beating up these bums uh, here on the notes, what I'm really thinking is uh, WWE or NXT had Killer Cross on their roster. Carrion uh, Cross, Killer Cross, Kevin Cross, whatever his name is. <laughs> Compare what WWE did on the main roster with the Demolition Red Mask and the Demolition Red Skirt with Killer Cross compared to what AEW has done with Hook, okay? I mean, it's just night and fucking day. I mean, and if you can't see that, I can't help you. And, you know, you listen to idiots like Bruce Pritchard who will defend WWE because he wants to suck on Vince's tit for the rest of his life, and Pritchard will say, well, well, you know, the guy didn't get over with the fans. That basically means he didn't get over with Vince. That's what that means. So that's a translation, okay? So anyway, it's just interesting to me. Uh, what else? The women's promo, Dr. Britt on Thunder Rose on Rampage, the, auto, the the not autograph signing, the contract signing. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Dr. Britt's pretty good on the mic now as a heel. And she she I was saying that when she first turned heel that I saw the potential in that. Uh, Dr. Britt really doing a good promo on Thunder Rosa, although kind of similar to the Chris Jericho, Eddie Kingston thing, where you have this, you know, for lack of a better term, a blonde Caucasian wrestler kind of running down uh, the ethnic wrestler for not uh, living up to their potential or you'll never be as good as me. And so after a while, not, not to be uh, so goddamn politically correct, but it's just starting to seem like the same thing. That's more of my complaint, not that it's offending me in any way. It's just, it's this, the same thing. You know, Dr. Britt is to Jericho what Thunder Rosa is to Eddie Kingston. It's very similar uh, it feels similar to me. I mean, you can express your thoughts in the comments, okay? But to me, it feels very similar, and uh, I don't know. I don't know the solution. Just to, It's hard, though. I mean, what else can you do, right? So, what else? Uh, so, I guess now we can... So, I thought it was a pretty damn good week. I thought as far as an AEW week, uh, you know, maybe an A-, minus, maybe, maybe a nice A. I mean, it seems like I said last time, whether Cody's gone for the long term or the short term... It seems like the rest of the roster is using this opportunity uh, to make most of that extra 20 or 25 minutes of airtime without Cody and Brandy around every time. Okay, so let's take a look uh, at, at some of the – well, I looked at the independents already. I told you the Crockett Cup's coming up and uh, the, uh, the Free the Narrative guys are doing their thing. So let's take a look at WWE. Of course, uh, shout out to, yes, to, to Bobby Lashley who's trying to come back as soon as possible for, from his injury. Uh, that was storylined as a uh, concussion at the Elimination Chamber over in Saudi Arabia. I mean, I guess I'll give credit to the WWE. They flew the guy all, all the way over there uh, just to have him do a concussion angle. I mean, <laughs> reminds me of when they flew uh, Mike Bennett over there just to be the first guy eliminated from the Greatest Royal Rumble in two seconds, okay? I mean, he just did the Bushwhacker spot in the Rumble. That's Bennett. But as far as Bobby Lashley... They actually went through the song and dance of having him go over there. They could have just stripped him of the title and said the guy's injured in the elimination chamber. You know, it's going to, we'll, we'll add a sixth guy or whatever and make it a title match. But they they actually took the time and, and Bobby was agreeable to go into the elimination chamber, you know, take the injury angle and, and so forth. 
But I'm hoping he comes back strong. Also, you know, on full disclosure, I'm pulling for Triple H. We're still not very clear. Um, it's private business, I guess. And that's that's the thing when you're a public person, as Triple H and the McMahons and Tony Khan, all these people are, you know, people feel they have a right to know your standing with everything, your health, who you're dating or who you're married to. Uh, but for Triple H, I'm pulling for him. Uh, health-wise, and I just don't know what's going on with that guy, uh, as we don't know. But we heard he had all these heart issues a while ago, so I'm pulling for the guy. Uh, but as far as his father-in-law, Vince McMahon, <laughs> making some headlines uh, from Meltzer and all other reports, it looks like Pat McAfee, the commentator, who had a had a couple of matches, I think, with uh, Adam uh, Adam Colbebe a few years ago, um, Pat McAfee versus Vince McMahon, the match that nobody knew they wanted and probably still don't. Uh, so it'll be interesting uh, how they contrive that or how they shoehorn that into WrestleMania. I guess Vince is going to be on the McAfee podcast. I wouldn't be shocked if somehow they knock this thing out of the park. I mean, just because if Vince has one last, you know, one last thing to give to wrestling, McAfee was a pretty good dance partner with um, Adam Cole. I don't know if McAfee can, can uh, you know, do for Vince McMahon what guys like Shawn Michaels did or, or uh, you know, uh, whoever. But, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be good. But it'll be interesting. As far as Steve Stone Cold Steve Austin goes, this is a story that's been circulating now for a few weeks. Kevin Owens, for whatever reason, started doing promos against the state of Texas. Of course, that's where WrestleMania is going to be this year for two nights. Uh, interesting to see how many seats they eventually sell. But Austin versus Owens. I mean, people are saying that this is the perfect match for Steve Austin because Owens will flop around like a fish for him. Owens can take the pin, get pinned, and it won't be a big deal. Uh, Battle of the Stunners, I guess. But, I mean, uh, you can see these two guys having a nice brawl. Um, how is Steve's neck doing is probably the biggest question. And I don't know. So I think it's going to be interesting. I give Austin credit. I'm not terribly opposed to this comeback for Stone Cold. But I'm not totally for it either, if that makes any sense. I'm just kind of a wait and see for me. But I, I hope uh, I hope it works out well for everybody. I do feel, uh, as other people on the uh, Facebook groups, Twitter groups, uh, you can find me, Angry Wrestling Fan, on Twitter. Um, you know, some some folks uh, get very, uh, how do I put this? They, they're, they're really kind of concerned about this WrestleMania show. Like, what exactly are we going to see here? Either A, that we haven't seen before, or B, that we want to see at all. And I don't know if this Roman Reigns-Brock uh, Lesnar match, which will be, I think, their third WrestleMania match, uh, is that really what people want to see? Is is uh, Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee something people want to see? I think what people do want to see is The Rock versus Roman Reigns, and we're not going to get that, and we may never get it, because I, I just feel that The Rock makes so much money from movies, and the last time he was... Wrestling was 10 years ago at this point, and he hurt his uh, chest muscle, right? He ripped a pictorial in his second match with Cena. So why would any film company that's going to pay millions upon millions to The Rock want to have him risk injury against, uh, you know, anybody, Roman Reigns or whoever? So I don't know. Uh, so I guess those are knocked out of my notes. I can't believe it, folks, but unless I'm, I'm missing something, uh, look at that. 
On the back of my notes, I have uh, Mike Mooneyhan's uh, article about uh, Cody Rhodes. I try to take the cheap way and just try to print the JPEG. I can't really read it, but I know it's like uh, the Post and Courier, this Mike Mooneyhan article. Uh, also, I did want to mention, um, from what I understand, you know, Terry Funk. I uh, haven't heard many reports recently on Terry or how he's doing, but send a shout out to Terry Funk, great wrestler. Uh, MikeMessier.com is my website. Subscribe to Mike Messier YouTube channel. I uh, was a little late in uh, doing this report once again, but I wanted to go through and watch Dynamite and uh, Rampage a second time, just so I was totally informed for you folks. So this is subscribe to Mike Messier YouTube channels. Mike Messier for Monty and the Pharaoh YouTube channel. Big news that Jesse the Body Ventura has been booked for an in-studio visit, an interview. Very excited. I'm currently listening to uh, uh, They Killed Our President by Jesse Ventura. I'm listening to it on audiobook through Audible. It's actually in included in the Audible subscription. Uh, as an author myself, you might know that I have uh, several books that are available. Uh, A Distance from Avalon is one of them. Okay. You know, as you know that I'm a published author, you can find my books on Amazon. But I'm listening to uh, Jesse Ventura's book, 63, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. 63 Reasons... 63 pieces of evidence that there was a conspiracy to kill John F. Kennedy, uh, something like that. But basically, just look for Jesse Ventura's books. I think he's got three or four books. And this one's about JFK. And uh, that was before my time. But I, I think, you know, some of the things we see in the world today, folks, you can question the things that you're told. I mean, you talked about the, the Einstein creep, you know, uh, hanging himself in prison. Was that really what happened? You know, that's why people are so skeptical these days. When they see these supposed suicides of people in prison, people don't really believe it anymore. You know what I mean? And JFK, uh, the, the standing president, is in this limousine. Why is the motorcade changed? Um, the, 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 the rifle, according to Jesse Ventura and other pundits, the rifle may not he have even been uh, had the ability to fire this gun. Anyway, I just want to, I'm just excited about this Monty and the Pharaoh with Jesse the Buddy Ventura. Uh, it's coming up soon. If, you, if, you're on, if you're seeing these videos on YouTube, and if you do have a Facebook account, uh, look for the Monty and the Pharaoh uh, group, as well as, uh, you know, the page, because then you get all the information. And I think they have an email list as well. Or just put the notifications on your YouTube. So subscribe to Mike Messier YouTube channel, Mike Messier and Monty DeFerro YouTube channel. Thanks very much, and we'll see you at the matches.